<laughs> this is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our country has far too many dogs in shelters and on the streets. But when they get adopted by the right people, both the dog and the person blossom. Don't you all agree? Our special guest certainly does, and she's on a mission. She's armed with her camera gear, her writing talents, and her dogged, yes, I said dogged, pursuit to shine a light on dogs. Please welcome to our show, Trer Scott. Her latest book, that's number 13 if you're counting, is called Forever Home. The Inspiring Tales of Rescue Dogs. Inspiring is putting it mildly, so I want to welcome you to the show, Trer. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here. All right. We're going to dive into the world of dogs and how you can help and check out what it takes to have a photographic eye that maybe helps get some of these pets adopted after we take this quick commercial break. So you all know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here to talk about the importance of keeping your cats and dogs hydrated. Yes, clean water is great, but not all pets, especially cats, will lap up enough water every day from the bowl. Or maybe your dog is thirsty after a long walk. That's why I'm a big fan of two new isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. And there is a great meal topper to enhance kibble called Yummy Raid. They all contain electrolytes and amino acids plus prebiotics. And they're all veterinary approved. Nice, right? Now, my furry Brady Bunch love them. Find out where you can get your paws on these healthy hydrating drinks and gravy-like meal topper by visiting DoggyRaid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today describes herself as a photographer, author, mom, animal advocate, and my personal favorite, Imperfect Vegan. Hey, she's <laughs> honest, you know, well put. I'm so glad you're on our show today. We're talking again about our author, Trer Scott. She wrote the latest book she has written and photographed is called Forever Home, The Inspiring Tales of Rescue Dogs. 
You ready for this now, Ter? You're on the show. I'm so ready. So this book just came out. It actually is part of a, I guess you would call it a trilogy. Can you explain that? Because there's others that you did. Yeah, absolutely. So it did. It just came out this week on Tuesday, May 24th. Wait a minute, that's pause and applause. <laughs> I'm very excited because um, really this book was made entirely during the pandemic, which was no small feat. Um, no. Let's see, I'm going to try to come up with puns like you. So no, I, no, I, just I, be I yourself. <laughs> so yes, it is a part of a trilogy of sorts. My very first book ever was Shelter Dogs, which came out in 2006. Okay. And it kind of, um, it launched my career, which was very unexpected. We thought it would be a nice, quiet little book. And it ended up being, you know, a national bestseller and was very visible. And I went on from there to make you know, 12 more books. But in 2015, Finding Home came out, which was really uh, what happened was a couple of years before that, we realized that Shelter Dogs, the publisher who had Shelter Dogs, it had kind of quietly let it go out of print. And um, so we were looking to maybe get it another life with a new publisher. And and then, you know, someone said, you know, why don't you make a new book? And yeah, yeah and that yeah. really resonated because I thought, you know, it's been 10 years. So much has changed in the animal welfare world. Oh, um, yes, so much yes. has changed. I've grown as a, as a photographer, I've grown as, as an artist um, and as a writer. So, um, so I made a new book that was very much in the style and spirit of shelter dogs, but I had so much more help. So I had more information about these dogs. I was able to write more about these dogs. I was able to follow them from the time they got in the shelter to the time they went home. And I was able to come in more as a photographer, a documentarian, rather than, um, you know, a frontline shelter volunteer who was dealing with emergencies all the time. So that was Finding Home that came out in 2015. And then I really wanted to take it one step further and go deeper into stories. And Forever Home is that. Forever Home is also my first, the first of the trilogy that's in color. So really? I shot that's it cool. all in color, which is really exciting. But it's really about the stories. So there's a lot more text. There's a lot more, you know, delving into the lives of these dogs rather than just photographs. Um, so the photographs are there and they're meant to, you know, help you get to know these dogs. Oh, and the I, definitely. I mean, in her book, everyone, uh, I think you uh, you basically uh, showcase 28 dogs from an alphabetical order. And we're talking from Bean to Winnie. Did I do it right? I think I got <laughs> yeah. the alphabet. All my you know, elementary school teachers are very proud that I have mastered the alphabet sequence. Very but, proud. But it's nice because you said it before, just photographs. I'm telling you, I am a photograph advocate. I write many books just like you do, but the photos in the, your book really have a lot of stories behind it. So doing it with color, let's just get some, let's get into your photo. Sure. Aspect. We'll save the imperfect vegan for later. But um, <laughs> I love I love to talk about that. So. so yeah, everybody's got a camera on their phone. Yeah, we can do it. We got it. We got no, 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 no. Tell us a few things that you put in your head when you're doing a photo shoot, especially with a dog at a shelter that is really looking for their forever home. 
Well, first of all, I think it's actually wonderful that everybody has has their iPhone or their their camera phone because particularly for shelter volunteers and people who are, you know, in that situation because now everybody if they try, you know, can get a great shot of a dog whereas when I started doing this, you know, 15 years ago, it really really wasn't the case. But obviously there is a difference hopefully between someone like me who is a career photographer. A lot of difference. It's very top quality. And I shouldn't have said just photographs because obviously photographs are my life. Um, yeah. And but words are too, and I'm and I'm really starting to love combining the two of them. But you know, photographing shelter animals, shelter dogs is challenging. You know, but it's also extremely rewarding. I mean, some of these dogs are terrified of cameras. They're terrified of people. Some of them aren't. Some of them can't wait to meet you and can't wait to be <laughs> you know to sit down. And that breed is called the camera hound. Camera hound is the official official designation of that breed. And I love that breed. But what do you do for the dog who may be a little fearful and that sure. or the click click of the camera? What do you do? Because they do read our energy. And so you have a very good countenance. And I, if I was a dog, I would sit and stay for a photo for you. I really appreciate that. That's a compliment. So how do you, how, what do you do? Because that's also a good tip. Don't just come in, bang, bang, bang no, with all no, the no, camera no, no, no. equipment. That's not right? the way to do it. Um, you know, it's really all about patience and it's also about understanding what that dog needs. And every dog needs something different. Some dogs respond really, really well to food. And so you're going to get them the hot dog or the piece of cheese or, okay. you know, whatever it is that really motivates them to, to engage with you. But some dogs aren't interested in food and they will respond really well to to a toy or a squeaker, you know, oh, yeah. other dogs are terrified of squeakers, terrified <laughs> of noises, terrified of the click of the camera. And so you have to, I mean, those are the dogs that it's really tough and you really just have to spend time with them and be quiet and sit with them until they trust you enough, you know, to look at you and to let you kind of steal a photo or two. And I lead workshops actually for shelters sometimes yeah, on, I saw that. on how to photograph dogs. And I recently did one in New Mexico where they deal with a lot of feral dogs and they are really terrified. And that's just, it's all about gaining trust and being patient. And I notice in the book, uh, Forever Home, uh, I'm going to keep saying it because I want people to make it stick. So you sell a zillion, Wonderful. <laughs> uh, the inspiring tales of rescue dogs. It's always a plain background and, you know, but the color in the background is equally important, right? To showcase because our dogs come in all kinds of colors. They certainly do. I tried to stay with, you know, I'm very partial to a black background just because I, I love the simplicity and sort of the classic elegance of it. And it, and it really works well for almost any dog except for dark black dogs, but even that you could make work. But um, since this was in color, you know, I wanted to bring in color, but not too much, you know, so most of these are very neutral, very neutral colors that complement the color of the dog and let them shine. I, I like a lot of simplicity in, in the photograph when it comes to dogs, because really what I want people to see and what I'm looking at is that dog's face and that dog's soul and their personality. Yes. So I don't want, you know, anything really to detract from that. Yeah, folks, there are no polka dots or stripes in her no. background pictures, promise you. No bows, and no, uh, no, yeah. I think, you know, as a writer too, less is more and each word needs to be uh, very effective. And you also did that because I've taught people and say, pretend you're in a rowboat with a bunch of words <laughs> and there's a leak and you're in the middle of the lake and you don't know how to swim. So what words can you bail out and still, fantastic. still have the same strength, the same message? Well, that's because my favorite writer is Ernest Hemingway and he is Mr. Terse. Indeed. 
each of these is like a vignette in your book. And I really do like how you've done that. So if you don't mind, we're going to start before we take a break. We're going to go through a few of ones that I really like. Right. And folks, you've got somebody that's like superpowers. She can take that photo and she can tell that story. And not everybody can do that. So I was going to say hats off, but pause up. Pause up to you, Trayer Scott. And, uh, and before we begin, because my name's Arden, your name is T-R-A-E-R. Come on. How did you get your name? <laughs> I wish I had a good story for it. I really do. But the truth of the matter is my parents, close friends named their daughter Trayer. And they liked it and they named me Trayer. It's really the most awful Were you guys story. good friends, the double Trayers? The double Trayers. Did yep. you guys like each other? We did. Yes, oh, that's we were good. friends when we were children. So, and we're Facebook friends now, you know. That's hilarious. I'm named after my sister, Deb and Karen. Yes, I have a Deb and a Karen. Double fun these days. <laughs> and I was named after their babysitter. There's a lot of naming after babysitters. Yeah, yeah. It makes me wonder. Uh, anyway, one of the ones uh, that you start with is a sweet, sweet pup named Bean. And Bean, the story you're going to tell, Bean was uh, trampled, I guess, at a puppy mill incident with a horse. Yeah, there are a number of puppy mill dogs in the book. And that was actually really, um, I think, one of the most fascinating things to deal with. I, I haven't really worked with puppy mill rescues before in the past, and I've always wanted to. And, you know, Bean and the other puppy mill dogs in the book all have absolutely harrowing stories about the injuries and the, the you know, neglect that they suffered at these mills. And fortunately, you know, we're, we're given a small bit of mercy and delivered or dumped off, you know, to a wonderful rescue, um, which is a tale to tell puppy mill rescue who, who takes in all of these dogs in Pennsylvania nice. and gets all the vet care they need, puts them in foster. And then eventually when they're ready, puts them into their forever home. So in the case of Bean, Bean had to have surgery, right? Yes. Definitely. A lot of the dogs do. Uh, one of them, Carl, was an amputee in the book. Winnie has one eye. A lot of these, most of these dogs have to have some sort of surgery to fix the injuries or the infections that they have gotten in the puppy mills. Well, this is a key thing that I'm going to quote because I'm an ex-newspaper reporter. Trer said, the journey to a forever home isn't always a straight line. That says a lot. That says a lot, Trer because sometimes it's a roundabout, right? A lot of times it's a roundabout. I think that we all like to think that a dog gets adopted and that's that's it. Yeah, end of story. End of story, happy ending, move on. Sometimes it is that way and that's great. But, you know, the dogs in this book, it isn't that way. They've had long journeys and it has been a very crooked journey in a lot of ways, a lot of twists and turns, a lot, you know, these in their short lives, they have experienced more plot twists than, than most of us ever will. What we're going to do is we're going to give that shining example of a dog named Froggers, but we're going to first take a break. So everybody sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals. Arden Moore here. Itch, scratch, rub, chew, repeat. Does that sound like what's happening to your pet? Help is here. Zymox skin and ear care products can help calm and soothe your pet's angry skin or red infected ears. For over 20 years, 
Zymox products have been helping pets find relief for these conditions. For that itchy pet, Zymox shampoo and leave-on conditioner combines a special blend of ingredients that moisturize, hydrate, and provide oh, soothing relief. For those hard-to-treat areas like body folds or the paws, easy-to-use Zymox topical cream and spray are great options. And for those nasty ears, Zymox ear solution is amazing. And you don't even have to pre-clean the painful ear. No pre-cleaning? Hooray! All Zymox skin and ear products get their effectiveness from enzymes. Zymox contains no antibiotics and no petroleum byproducts, just the soothing power of enzymes. Zymox can be found at your veterinary clinic, most specialty stores for pets, and online. And you can save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine products on Zymox.com. Just enter the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. Visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. Pause up. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. I'm with Arden Moore on the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. So please listen. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're speaking with Trer Scott. She is a multi-book author. That doesn't mean she has multi-personalities. It just means she has <laughs> multi-books. And she's an accomplished photographer. Her latest book, which we're talking about today, is called Forever Home, The Inspiring Tales of Rescue Dogs. It's uh, printed by uh, Princeton Architectural Press, which sounds very impressive. And we do have a Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation connection. Did you know that, Trer? No. Well, years ago, I was on a book tour for Storybooks and uh, Workman Publishing, and my publicist was Wes Seeley. We have the same publicist. <laughs> I knew him as a young Wes Seeley. You know him as a seasoned Wes Seeley. So if he's <laughs> listening to the show, we just did a shout out to him, right? We did. That's that's so cool. I, I love it when the six degrees of separation comes into play. It's so much fun. So let's talk about froggers because froggers, unfortunately, oh my gosh, what, what a life. Yeah, indeed. Frogger was, I love that he's in this book because I think he represents so many dogs in this, in this country. Then you don't necessarily ever hear their stories. These long-term shelter dogs yeah. who really, you know, everybody has the only reason that they succeed is because somebody at the shelter believes in them and keeps giving them another try and another try and another try and you know frogger was had really exhausted all all possible resources you know having been adopted and returned and adopted and returned well part of it you said in your book mouthy and uh yeah. piddles mouthy and piddles on the floor for 200 wasn't a very you know he really wasn't an appealing dog to most people he's big 
mouthy, unruly, no manners. One of you know, very sounds like some of my ex dates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's super common when people get a puppy that is you know going to be a large breed or that is you know a pity mix, which I love pities, and but then they reach adolescence, they have no training, and they start being like dogs, and they start jumping on people and mouthing on people. But now they're 60, 70 pounds and doing yeah. this. And that's when people dump them at the shelter because they don't have any training and now they're annoying. And that was the situation with Frogger. And thankfully, you know, one woman at the shelter just absolutely loved him. And she's the girl who loves all the misfits. And <laughs> I like those kind of heroes. Me too. And she believed in him. She believed in that dog when no one else did. And she just kept believing that there was a happy ending for him and kept trying and, you know, put him into spectacular foster care. And then just through the, the miracle of serendipity, you know, the right person found him who just adores him, takes him to work every day, nice. you know, is his partner in crime in life. And it's spectacular. But most of the froggers in this country don't make it. Yeah, they don't make it because they're just, you know, it takes so long, so many resources, so many people to to help to find these dogs the right home. And most shelters, most, res most rescues don't have those resources. They don't have that time. They don't have those foster homes. You know, they just don't have those resources to help difficult dogs. Well, and also you've got dogs like uh, Mama Gigi, which came in to a while PG pregnant, right? Yeah. And can you tell a little bit about, because I love whoever came up with it. Every time I hear people where there's a, a litter, they have to be a theme, you know, everything that's, you know, <laughs> like cookies or names after cakes or famous cities. These pups, I think there were six, maybe. What was the litter called? It started with the G, do you remember? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, it's okay. I'll help you. Okay. Galaxy. Now say it real loud. Galaxy. Yeah. Galaxy nobody, heard, nobody heard the hint. Nobody heard the hint. Okay. I mean, I think you're right. You know, this particular foster home was taking in litter after litter after litter. And, you know, you just, you run out of names. So, I mean, people just come up with themes, you know, pasta and, uh, you know, um, designers, you know, my, my dog Pip actually, who came from that same rescue as mom and Gigi, he was part of a designer litter. So he was Calvin and there was Prada oh, and no. there was Chanel. Armani? Oh, Chanel. There, yeah. 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 Nothing in my closet. No. <laughs> no, no, they did. They for they didn't have the target. Uh, yeah, dog. But that's that's my. Well, Kmart's aren't around anymore, right? Uh, so no. that was my name there. That would have been my no. name. They All didn't right. have an old lady dog either, which would have been you know my spirit animal. But but I like that. So that points to this. There's a special kind of person to be a foster oh, for gosh. a dog. Talk about that, and also to be a foster for a mama and a litter. I mean, I think that, first of all, I think foster homes are one of the most direly needed thing in this country to, to help facilitate rescue, to help get dogs out of shelters and make space, which is, you know, space is just so crucial, but it's, but it's also important because these dogs, it gets them out of the shelter environment into a home environment, lowers their stress and helps to really make them more adoptable. But I believe that pretty much anybody can foster a dog to open their home to a dog. I've done it a lot. It's very rewarding. It's not that hard. It's not hard to say goodbye to them. Yeah. Any kind of tips you could offer? Because you've For done fostering? it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you just have to, you know, obviously if, if you have other dogs, they need to be cool with, with bringing a new dog into the home. For years, I had a, a very dog aggressive girl and she, uh, we weren't able to bring other dogs into the home. But you knew that. And that's, what's a big point. Yes. Know your dog, right? 
know your dog, know your dog, know your family, know your situation. Do you have, you know, the time, do you have the space for a foster dog? But most rescues are more than happy to give you everything you need, food, toys, bedding, vet care, nothing's out of pocket for you. You just need to give the time and the attention, but raising a litter is these people are saints and they don't really want eight hours of sleep. No, they, they hate sleep. They hate sleep. They like two hours at a time so they can yeah. get up and bottle feed puppies. That's what they like. Yeah. Well, I want to do a shout out to my oldest sister's retired. She was an ER nurse, the Karen of the Karen and Deb, and she and her husband live in Northwest Indiana. And now that they're retired, they have a few dogs, but they also foster a puppy or a, a dog. And I always hear Karen calls and said, Oh, we got so-and-so now and la, 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 la. I think the hard part is, is knowing that you are a temporary blessing to that pup or dog. So the pup or dog can find a forever home. Anything you want to share about that? Because for some, you don't want to become, you don't want to have too many dogs. No, you definitely don't want to have too many dogs. And I think there are a couple of joys of fostering. And one is that you do get to kind of um, borrow these dogs for a little while. So like me, I always think I want another dog, you know, but I, but I really can't sustain having another dog. So, I mean, fostering, fostering would be ideal for me once I get in a spot that I can do it again, because you get to borrow a dog for a little while. You get to give that dog all of this love, all of this attention, and then you get to see it graduate and go on. There is the word. Home. There is the word. There's it really is. Be some t-shirt out there or something <laughs> that says my foster dog is a graduate and maybe psychologically, that might help the person understand. Yeah, Maybe I we got something here. I, I have graduates look at it as graduating because I hear so many people say, oh, I could never foster because I could never let them go. You really can let them go because you have to just view it like that, that you are here, you are providing their education, you're raising them, and then they're going to graduate and they're going to go on to what's next to, you know, they're, they're forever, hopefully they're forever home. And I never really had a problem letting them go because- because I just viewed it as that. And if you just enjoy them while you have them and then yeah. be proud that you have readied them for the next step in their life, it's a really beautiful thing. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Trer Scott. She is the author of many books. And the one I want you to get your paws on right now is called Forever Home, The Inspiring Tales of Rescue Dogs. And you want to know how to find her? We're going to say this once and at the end, but her name is spelled unusually. It's T-R-A-E-R and then Scott, S-C-O-T-T, -T, so treyerscott.com, and help me with your favorite other social media venue, which is Instagram. How do people Instagram, find you there? Um, at Treyer Scott, there, so there's just an underscore. It's at Treyer underscore Scott. All right, moving along. I call shelter dogs, because Kona came from the shelter. My dog Chipper came from the shelter. She was a Husky Golden Retriever mix who's up in heaven now. I call them shelter alums. I don't really like the word rescue because um, sometimes they're rescuing the person, the two-legger, but I think there's been a lot of innovation and progress in some shelters across the country. I'm thinking in West Palm Beach, there's the Peggy Adams Rescue League, which is amazing. And in San Diego, the San Diego Humane Society, I know there's still some rural and other underdeveloped shelters, but you're in there. What do you think of that, using that phrase shelter alum? I love that. I absolutely love that. I think it's more positive. Yeah. I think that 
I mean, most shelters and rescues, I mean, there's a difference between a rescue and a shelter in general, but most places that I have seen are absolutely doing the best that they can. And some places are fantastic, state of the art, incredible. I've been to somewhere, you know, you you think, wow, I would live here. You know, I would love to live here. This is better than my apartment. It's totally <laughs> hey. better than my apartment. I love it. Some of them even like in Peggy Adams, they have a cat cafe. I love that. Now the kitties are not having lattes and cappuccinos. That's good. But you are, and you, you get are. to be hanging out with them and their adoption rate has soared. I bet. That, that takes money. I know it that. It does take money. And and so many uh, shelters across the country don't have those resources, don't have that money, but it isn't their fault that their facility yeah. is old and outdated and maybe, you know, the paint is peeling and they're still, they're doing the absolute best that they can. So I am very, very, I'm a very strong advocate of not vilifying shelters, of yes. not judging, you know, basically hard decisions that they have to make. And Absolutely. I love shelter alum. I think that is such a wonderful term. Well, there you go. You can have it. I would love it. I'm just kind of curious because in your bio, you did say you are, let's see, imperfect vegan. Absolutely. <laughs> Time for you to fess up. What's that mean, Trer? It means, you know, I, I am a vegan. I'm, I'm happy to be. It's for ethical reasons, but I also love the health benefits. But there's so much judgment, I think, within the vegan community within the plant-based community, you know, we, people judge each other too much and wait, 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 did that have, did that have honey on it? Is there possibly a, a you know, a bit of an egg in that cake? And, oh, and, you no. know, that's just not the point. It's not the point, you know, right. the, the point is to reduce dramatically your consumption of any animal-based product. And I slip up sometimes, sure. And I, I have a donut that, that probably <gasps> had a trace of egg in it, you know, and I'm okay with that because yeah. It isn't about well, you're not the sitting there doing a brisket. So no. there you go. But it's, you know, we have a saying that's, uh, you know, progress, not perfection. And I think that so many people are afraid to go plant-based or to go vegetarian because they feel like it's an all or nothing thing. And yeah. it just doesn't have to be, it can be, you know, just reducing the amount of meat you eat, reducing the amount of dairy you eat, in my opinion, is, is huge. It's not about perfection. Well, when I got married, I married a pescatarian, which isn't religious, fishy, fishy. <laughs> and we actually treat ourselves on occasion to the impossible burger at, at Burger King, which I find to be far better than any other burger at a fast food. And we're really into plant-based proteins now. We just had lasagna that had no meat in it, Fabulous. but it, it did look like it had meat in it, but it, it was plant-based because I think it just, you know, the world is only so big yeah. And there's a lot of demand, even in the pet food area, they're coming up with products, treats that have insects in them, easily clean insect farms. I'm and I know that's it. not being vegan, but it's not eating cow, but they need protein. They need protein, especially kitties. Insects are a really viable uh, protein of the future, to be honest. And will I eat them? I, I hopefully not, but I guess if I had to, I will. They're not vegan, but it's also, you're right. It's not a cow. Well, don't worry to be a guest on our show. You do not have to eat a cricket or a spider. That is good to know. I think I'd prefer a spider over a cricket. Ooh, I don't know. I don't want either. Easy, either. But no, thank you. So where is Trayor Scott heading next? You've got 13 books. You're on this, hopefully going to promote Forever Home, the inspiring tales of rescue dogs. What's on your horizon for this year? You know, I've just wrapped up a couple of projects. I actually have another book coming out in the fall called oh. Puppy Life 
which is a it's it's primarily it's all ages we kind of did it as a children's book but it's really for all ages it's not a, a traditional children's book and it actually follows puppies from birth to eight weeks visually and also with their development every week, writing about how, you know, basically looking at six different breeds and mixed breeds and how they develop differently from birth to eight weeks, different sizes, different milestones. Oh, this sounds fun. Is this also the same publisher? Same publisher. Yep. So I'm excited. So you got Wes again. Yep. More Wes. Lots of Wes. We love Wes. Well, I hope then you will be back on our show. I would love that. I kind of like puppies. Who doesn't like puppies, right? Yeah, I say that first year in a, your life with a kitten or a puppy, I call it the wonder year because you wonder where your sanity goes. You wonder why? <laughs> why did please I do grow this? up fast? Please get settled down, please, please, please. <laughs> I actually like, love yeah, slightly yeah. older dogs, but um, this was kind of a study in canine development, I guess, in a way. I like that cool. very much. I look forward to hopefully having you back on our show. Any parting message you'd like to give? Oh, gosh. Well, as always, adopt, volunteer, get involved in any way that suits you. Everybody has a talent that can benefit the world. All right. I've really had a great time. We're speaking with Trer Scott. She is an author, a photographer, and an imperfect vegan. I also want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. He's the executive producer of all the shows on Pet Life Radio. Seven million people tune in to all the shows. And humbly, our show, O Behave, has been recognized by Oprah Winfrey. We've won some awards. So everyone, I hope you go to my page, Ardenmore.com. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.